Drogba in der Mitte, Schneider, Schneider, Merhaba and welcome to episode 28 of the Lions Den, a Galatasaray podcast. Done by the community, for the community, from all around the world. I'm your host, Samet, just back from holidays, and I'm not alone. We got from New York, America, Emre, our mobster Emre. How you doing, Emre? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. <laughs> ah. I'm doing very well today. It's very fortunate that I didn't have to send someone to go speak with the, the ref today, you know? Ah, that's good. That's good. No heads that you killed. No, or... no, no messages. No uh, heads of pigs that need to be delivered. All right, all right. And, and any other fiascos happening in Brooklyn? Nah, uh, relatively calm as of late. You know, I got an offer for you, Emra. An offer I can't refuse. Well, it's actually about someone who's here today from New York, America, as well. That's Yasin, whom we fired, and he seems to be. Uh, have joined us last week on, on the episode, on the podcast. I don't know. How's, the, how's that possible, Yasin? Listen, Summit, you can try all you want. You can't fire me from this podcast, especially after today's result, the excitement that you're going to get from me today. You know, there's, there's no way you'll fire me in the future anytime soon. Oh, you're, so your ass is back on the red and yellow? It's always been on the red and yellow, man. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. I see some blue on there. <laughs> some blue? <laughs> <laughs> Blue from all the butt clenching. (laughs) Might be, might be. Well, with that said, let's take it to Toronto, Canada. Coach Jan, how you doing? What's up, guys? What's up? We're all hyped, man. I'm ready to go. So excited. Um, Happy to see the Dutchies back in action as well. Sadi back from wherever he was. Summit back from vacation. Mm -hmm. We're just missing the Aussie today, but... Glad to see the Dutchies back in action, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, Seferovic. Oh, Seferovic. Oh, yeah, baby. Here we go. <laughs> and it started. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back with my sound clipping, my soundboard. So uh, get ready for that this episode as well. And finally, we have Historian Sali with Fact of the Week. Sali, you didn't do Fact of the Week for a while. And we said it better be a good one next episode. So... I'm excited. Let's see uh, how, it, how it goes. Go ahead. Yes, so here it comes. <laughs> It'll be a different one, but uh, here we go. So this is about one of the weirdest and probably most epic gay rights protests ever known to man. Mm-hmm. So let me explain. In 2004, unfortunately Mazar isn't here, but in 2004, after the Australian government passed a law stating that marriage only exists between men and women, a group of homosexuals left Australia and declared a new nation, the gay and lesbian kingdom of the Coral Sea Islands. They sailed over on a ship called the Gay Flower, in homage to the Mayflower in America, and wrote also their own declaration of independence. They also declared war on Australia, but the nation came to cease to exist, as in 2017 when legislation of same-sex marriage was passed, the nation was pretty much dissolved. I know this sounds crazy, (sighs) but it's actually true. Is actually true. I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. 
and Mazar's here to confirm it. Sorry. I'm sorry. What, what, what did you say? <laughs> I, 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 I fell asleep. Something about gays. You'll hear it when you edit it. Uh, I'll hear it afterwards. Okay. Uh, d- did anyone catch that? Was it a good fact of the week? Or should I just kick him out right now? I don't, I don't want to get canceled. I don't want to get us canceled. So. Okay. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue what's happening Got to tread right these now. waters carefully. <laughs> all right. Well, we're back. I was on holiday, so I didn't have much time to prepare any news. But the lads, they fucked up the schedule and did a podcast a few days ago. So I guess they covered it, you could say. What I did promise before I left on holiday is to tell you guys the gender of my child-to-be. And that is a girl. So hey. give it up. Yeah. Congrats, bro. Congrats. And, and, you, and you wanted a daughter, right? Yeah, yeah. I wanted to have a, a, a girl indeed. So, and that's what I got. <laughs> Can't wait Gonna to be see daddy's all the girl. Little, yeah, man. Exactly. Can't wait to see all the pictures of like the little golf side lion gear and whatnot. Oh, it's yeah. Be adorable. Oh, when yeah. she takes over the podcast as well. Can't <laughs> wait <laughs> sure. for that day. We need to have her as a guest one day, I think. Yeah, no, I bought the cutest like uh, children's wear from uh, the Gessia store in Fitia. So, uh, it's awesome, man. Awesome. And the quality of it is good? Does nice. it get the summit approval of quality? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I was wondering that, bro. <laughs> stamped on there, stamped on there. <laughs> and another thing I wanted to bring up is we have a Patreon. And I'd like to thank our very first subscriber on Patreon, Brad Warden. Shout out to you. Thank you for your support. We're loving it. And he actually had a question for us to get us started this episode. And... Do you want to? I can, I can do it. Let's have a look what he said. He says, my question to all of you is why is Puzzle League so difficult? I love going to see Galatasaray play. I'm going to a game in October. As always, I'd love to buy my ticket ahead of time, but I need Puzzle League card. And guess what? It's all so difficult. I'd like to know more about your feelings and how you think it is. Wants to take up that one. I'll just say one thing quick about it. Um, I guess Brad is our honorary Turk, right? So maybe he hasn't he hasn't realized yet. But anything that a Turk can complicate and make difficult, they will do it. So something that could probably be made a lot easier is made like the biggest pain in the ass it could possibly be. So basically, one word: Turkey. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's literally the answer because Turkey, literally. But I don't know if, uh, Samet, if you want to explain the process if for anyone that's interested that's listening. I think this on its own <laughs> should be like a full episode where we <laughs> have a look in depth on how that process goes. I think a lot of people have issues with it. Might be helpful to do that. But in short, yes, it's difficult. But my advice would be for someone wanting to apply for it is either do it fully with your foreign nationality. I know a lot of Turks have double nationality, so either do it that way with your foreign number. Don't mix up anything Turkish or go fully Turkish, buy a Turkish SIM card, use your Turkish identity number and do it that way. And usually then it should work. And bear in mind during COVID, you had to also additionally convert your vaccination status within Turkey, which you do not need to do anymore. So it's actually very easy now. You just go to the website, Pasolik, create a card there. Remember, 
when you create the card, send it to the stadium where you can pick it up. Once you've done that, you also need to make a separate online account on the Puzzle League app. Then you link those two within the app. And there you have it. You can buy your Galtzeray tickets and go to a game. Slight nuance to add, you can have privileged access a few days before. If you have a GSA mobile card, which a lot of people don't have, or a GSA mobile uh, credit card, uh, bonus card, they call. Uh, in any case, we'd love to help you guys out. Just DM us via Twitter or on Patreon, and we'll see what we can do for you if you have any issues there. Is what also, I say. also, if you use a Turkish SIM and it's prepaid, make sure it's all, there's like always money on it or it's being used, as you yeah. do need to always, always receive an SMS when you want to log in. Yeah. Which also mass, but um, yeah, every so month. So don't forget that every month the government takes a little bit of tax of a four or five tele, and if you don't upgrade it uh, in six months, it just expires and you're you're gone. And then the whole process of converting your number of that puzzle league and stuff like that's just another immense hassle. I think I think Yasin can uh, tell us a lot about. Well, that. Yasin. Up as usually, as he always does, right? <laughs> <laughs> he mixed up his foreign stuff with his Turkish stuff, and then the system got all bedazzled, uh, which messed up a lot of things. It's hard to keep track of uh, multiple teams, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, man, not you too, bro. Come on. How much, how much is Summit paying you guys under the table? Like uh, bro, I, I can't mean... believe that New York betrayal right there, bro. I can't I, believe I, that. I can't believe it either, honestly. <laughs> now, when it comes to I, I supporting other this teams. New York proper no. versus New York, right? So <laughs> You got to stay Wait. true to your team, Yasin. I'm true as f*** to my team. I don't know what the confusion is here, but <laughs> whatever. I digress. I don't know, Yasin. I mean, like from oh, the beginning God. of the podcast, you've been always hyping up Fenerbahce, Besiktas, always shitting on Galatasaray. I don't know if you're getting paid by someone or not, but it just feels off with you. Listen, listen, I have to explain myself. I just, just give me like 30 seconds, all right? Go ahead. I you, liked, want, you want I, the Godfather? I, 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 no, I don't want no music. I just need to explain myself. <laughs> I watch other teams, especially our competitors, often, as often as I can. If I have the free time, I watch it. Why, you might say. It's not because I'm a fan of them. It's not because I'm cheering them to win. In fact, it's the opposite in a way. I like watching them lose. I like watching them mess up. And I like to see how good our competitors are. Because for me, if I follow Gossai or any team as heavily as I do, I like to be able to compare that team to its competitors. Is Galsai on the level it should be? Is it better than the other teams? Because that's what Galsai is, right? The best team in the league. And if I, if I see that my competitors, Fenerbahce, Bishkhtash, Trabzon, Başakşehir are playing better than us, then I know that I have to or should be criticizing our team and not be satisfied with the game that we're putting out, right? So that's it. That, that's, that's as simple as it is. May I ask you a question? No, Yasin gave the GG on that, bro. No, no, I do have one question. gave the GG to Summit once and for all, surely. I don't know, man. I'm here, like, butt naked. Uh, you, you guys can see me listening to this dude. I'm stroking my beard and like thinking, I just shut. What are you thinking, up, bro? <laughs> Yasin, I'm thinking, why'd you go into a Benarbacha store, or was it Besiktas store? What was the story behind that? I went into both, actually, and I'll tell you why. I was in Turkey, 
And I had one friend that was like, can you buy me a Fenerbahce Ardugüler jersey? And he's my friend for a long time. So I said, okay, you're clearly in America. I, I you're not in it. Turkey. I'm I here. <laughs> Mazar, shut the f*** up, okay? Just let me talk. <laughs> Sorry. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll buy it. <laughs> I had a major brain fart. So I bought that. And then my Inishte is a Beşiktaşlı. And while I was in Turkey, I wanted to buy him a gift, right? Because I'm a good, you know, nephew, whatever you call it. And so I bought him a jersey from the Beşiktaş store. So I was walking around the mall with a Galsai bag for myself. A Bishkitash bag for my uncle, and then a Fenerbahce bag for my uh, friend. That's it. Simple. You Not wouldn't crazy, catch bro. me dead in a Fenerbahce store. <laughs> you know, actually, maybe, maybe about that. I was in Fethiye, right? And we wanted to go a bit shopping to a, to a mall. So we went with the taxi, which was all fine. Uh, we called via the hotel, and then we wanted to go back. And I pulled over a cab. Which was surprisingly easy. Normally in Istanbul, it takes a bit more effort. And the cab had, <laughs> like, the two front seats were dressed in Fenerbahce shirts. <laughs> I'm like, no, man, I'm not getting into this taxi. He looked at me weird. He's like, why? He's like, look at what you have. Like, I'm not sitting on that shit. And, and exactly, he, you, you, were, you were supposed to sit on it. You should usurup usurup Yeah, might have been an idea, but I don't <laughs> no, want to catch any. But by giving him money, he'll he'll use it to SMS it to Fenerbahce back, right? Yeah, so he'll do. We don't another, want to invest indirectly. Yeah, Mesut all or what's their next Mesut? <laughs> Ronaldo all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the dude got fired for that, by the way. <laughs> Funny. Oh man, what would we do without Fenerbahce? No joy in the Super League. Like Elanger. I know. Sali, you had something to say? I mean, the momentum is gone, but what I wanted to ask Yasin then is, okay, it's fair that he watches other teams too, but there's a certain player that is going to play the Champions League on Wednesday against Ajax, and he has notifications on for him. A certain Korean from our <laughs> competitor. Why does he have that on? I That's wonder. Show it to us, bro. I, I, I can explain Exposed. that. It's yeah. actually related to uh, two of the boys in this podcast, Emre and John. So, obviously, I watched Fenerbahce and Bishitash and many other teams in the Super League. And at the end of the season, when we were talking about Marcao sale, Nelson sale, we also talked about Kim Jay, right? Because he was sold for, what, like 19, 20 mil? And I said, look, it might be a lot of money, but that's his transfer, you know, that's his release clause. And he's actually a pretty good defender. And then I had John and Emma say the opposite. They're like, no, he's trash. He's not worth that much. John went as far as to say, I'll never watch the Super League again if Kim J gets sold for 18 million before he got sold. <laughs> and guess what happened? He got sold for 18 million. Anyways, so I'm trying to prove a point at this point. So I, I put notifications on for Kim J just to see what his rating is, and every time he plays, if he scores or he has a good rating, I take a screenshot, I send it to the chat, I tag Emre and John, and I say, hey, look, this absolutely trash player just got this rating or he just scored, and that's it. I'm just trying to prove a point. I, I don't gain anything from it. I don't care if he does well or not. I'm just trying to prove a point that there's actually other good players in the league apart from Nelson and uh, Markel. That's it. Okay, one thing, one thing. So... Actually, yeah, on so. Wednesday, <laughs> on Wednesday, I, you know, I've been waiting for this. I, I just like, I can't believe this. My prayers got answered because on Wednesday, it's not Ajax that he's playing against. No, 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 no. It's not Ajax. <laughs> it's Liverpool. He's playing against Liverpool on Wednesday. So I can't wait. Do you know what? I might turn my notifications on for no, that as well. Just to show Yasin. 
I might turn them on as well just to show everyone. And the second thing I said was, it is the biggest tragedy in the history of football <laughs> that Kim Min Jae was sold for more than Markao. So yeah. I'm just going to let Wednesday speak for itself. I can't wait. Yasin's lucky Liverpool's not in form. I mean, it's Liverpool. Like, they, they will make any <laughs> defender in the freaking world look bad if they're on their day. Like, it's Mohamed Salah and whoever else is When they're on their day. Hopefully, they pull up Burnmouth for like 20 goals on them. <laughs> Anyways, I don't and care. Then, and, then, and then Emre will send the sticker back of King Min Jae. <laughs> With his two fingers up. <laughs> All right, this is this is enough Fenerbahce talk, and this is not even my my doing. It's Summit. He just wants us to talk about Fenerbahce on the Lions Den podcast. Like, if there's a fraud, it's Summit, not me. Oh, by the way, oh, cue that mystery music. I, no, I, that's I, a theory. I, I I would like to just move on to the game if that's okay now with you, host. Sound bite right there. Summit, is that okay with you? Can we move on to the Galsai game? You know, the team that we're actually here to talk about. All right. Well, we had a great day today. I had a delay f- coming back from Turkey, saving this podcast. Um, had a few hours of delay uh, on my flight and just got back in time to watch the game today against Gaziantep Spor. And uh, John, Coach John, as usual, can give us a brief intro to go into the game. All right, let's do it. So this was match day five against Gaziantep. This finished... 2-1. It was a 2-1 victory for us. Um, goals came from Gomis in the 36th minute and there was uh, own goal in the 90th minute, dying minutes of the match from uh, Seferovic strike that sort of deflected off a defender and in. Go through a couple stats here. So uh, this one finished 58% possession for us, even though we were down a man, which of course we'll get into. And we had a total of 20 shots compared to 12 from Gaziantep. Um, I'll go through our starting 11 as usual, which was almost the same with one change. So backline stayed the same. It was Sasha Boy, uh, Nelson, Abdul Kerim, Van Anholt, Muslera in goal, uh, Lucas Torreira, Sergio Oliveira, Mertens, Karam, Yunus, and we started with Bafetimbi Gomis instead of Seferovic. I'll, I guess I'll just get into opening thoughts, what I thought about the match. Before you... Um, yeah, go ahead. What do you think of starting with Gomis instead of Seferovic? I actually... Oh, Seferovic. Ah, oh, here we go. Oh, Seferovic. Oh, Seferovic. Oh, Seferovic. You know, I, I don't... Let I, the man speak. You know, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say anymore. Like, oh, Seferovic. <laughs> I bet you miss having me as a host now, don't you, John? I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what's going to get clipped. Oh, I don't know what's serious, what's going to get clipped. I don't know what's going to be used against me for the next 40 episodes. Oh, my, my only advice is don't say, ah, Gomis today. <laughs> no. uh, I, I, just, I just speak from the heart, all right? Whatever comes, you know what? Never mind. I was no, going to no, say no. something right now that was going to get clipped. Forget it. Forget it, bro. No, no. No, seriously. No, seriously. Seferovic hasn't done much, the official games. And we started today with Gomis. What do you think about that decision from Okambaruk? I think that, um, well, I can't really say it was the wrong decision because he did score. But I think that this season, 
I think that Gomis would be better suited just to be a role player where he comes in in the last 10 or 15 minutes if we need him. And I don't know how that's going to change when we when we get Icardi. I don't know if like that's I don't know how the dynamic is going to be between three strikers, but that's what I would use Gomis for. Um, but it's not really surprising he started with Gomis, considering he's the only person that scored our goals this season. So and still has. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, you you should be always playing the guy who's scoring your goals, right? Because then otherwise you start having this uh, situation that you had last year, where Mohammed or was it last year? One of the seasons, we were talking about how Fatih Tatum kept benching Mohammed even though he was doing well, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have that situation. Yes, and I'm pretty sure you could talk about it more than I can because you're very adamant yeah. about that. Bro, you, you took it right out of my mouth. If I, if, I was going to say that if you didn't. Oh, um, no, Yasin. <laughs> GG, bro. That's clipped <laughs> right away. I can Yo, see it in Summit's face right gi- now, bro. Why are you giving this guy ideas? What if he didn't think about it? Now you, he is going to think about it. Anyways. He was already I, smiling when I said it. <laughs> he edits no, for he like six not. hours. Of course, he's going to hear it. So, Anyways, I, if, even if Gomez missed a one-on-one 10 times, even if he missed 10 penalties, I would have still said the same thing. Starting Gomez today was the right thing to do. And I respect Ocon for it because on many different levels, it's justice. How many times have I said there's been injust in our forward selection over the last year and a half? underneath Fatih Terim. Just as Emre said, Mohammed's playing well, you know, he, he's getting more minutes and all of a sudden he eats the bench. Jagna's doing well, he eats the bench. Falcao, like it's just been so chaotic in who should be starting as striker and, you know, if they deserve it, they don't play. But this time we saw Gomez, even though he's 37, 38 years old, whatever he is, the dude comes on the field and he scores. He comes on the field, he scores. He comes on the field, maybe he doesn't score, but he creates chances. Gomez has been telling the coach and everybody, I deserve to play more. So he got those minutes today. And what did that do for Sefotovic? Maybe he was not happy about it. Maybe he got upset about it. But he showed Sefotovic, hey, listen, dude, you're here. It's not because we're going to guarantee you minutes. It's because we think you're a good player, but you have to deserve it. You have to show us that you deserve these minutes. So sitting him on the bench today and putting him on in the last 30, 40 minutes, that was his opportunity to remind us why he should be starting instead of Gomez. So friendly competition is always good. When you're trying to become champions in a 30, 40 league game uh, game league, you have to always rotate and you have to play people who deserve it. I'm fine with that. I don't know what's going to happen next game. Maybe we can talk about that at the end of the podcast on who deserves to play next game. But I'm glad that he made that decision today with the lineup. I think I think why it's mainly fine is as we look at the profile of player, I don't think Seferovic and Gomis are really that different besides age. Like with Momo, Jagne, or whoever else, Gomis. I think those three are a lot more different to each other. Like a different playstyle, but these two are kind of like for like. And as you said before, Gomis did deserve it. He has scored the previous two goals, and today again. Um, so, yeah, it's justified from starting. And I don't think, I think he played pretty well for what he had to do. He didn't have the ball that many times. I think he had like max 15 touches in total in game. But from the touches he got... He got us a goal, so props to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gomez also seems to have lost the weight that I've gained the past week, uh, which which might have contributed to Okan Buruk starting him first 11. And let's not forget as well, why did we sign Gomez again? For his clinicalness, right? He's very clinical striker. Whenever he gets the ball, he always goes for the goal. 
With Seferovich, the difference there is a bit more, which I like. Uh, he's more involved with with the team and with the plays. Uh, his back against the goal, uh, passes to his teammates, more involved in the game all in all. I would have loved to see Seferovic still start and maybe instead of the last 10 minutes, second half putting Gomis there where we could utilize him more, get him in better positions. Obviously, the game today was very interesting, first half and the second half. What did you think, John, overall of the first half? Yeah, I thought that we started the first half like just flying, playing really, really fast. Um, you could see the energy and like, just most importantly, the desire right from the beginning of the match, we looked like we were coming to win and we weren't leaving without three points. You could see that. One thing I noticed that was kind of interesting is that we've been talking a lot on this podcast about, um, mistakes or things that we think, um, Okan Burak are doing things that Okan Burak is doing incorrectly in terms of our play style. And what the biggest point that we've been constantly bringing up is about the wingers and the width that's on the field. And I, I saw something very interesting today, actually. I noticed that in the first half, at the beginning of the first half, maybe up until the 30th minute, I noticed that Kerem was playing a typical winger role more wide and it was Yunus who was coming inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was a point where I can't remember. I think it was after Gaziantep scored. Gaziantep ended up going up 1-0. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed that they switched. I noticed that Kerem started coming inside and Yunus was was uh, giving us our width, right? Mm-hmm. And that I don't mind as much because we still have one option that's very wide and one option that's inside fine and like today everything was working i think everyone was firing on all cylinders today i thought everyone on the pitch was playing well except van anholt i thought van anholt was pretty bad um but yeah I, i loved the energy man we came out like we wanted to win i'm sure you guys feel the same way about that i actually felt like PV was okay and Kerem did the worst. Like I think he was the worst on the pitch today. I mean, it does it does I know we went man down, which we'll get into uh pretty soon, but it does speak volumes that he was also the first one to get subbed off at the first half. Because me too, he he lost the ball just a a bit too many times and mm-hmm. went for his own success again a few 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 times too often. Mm-hmm. Which um uh, which I didn't like as much. But yeah, like John said before, the the connection between the heart of the players, the fans, the brain. I know what John probably knows what I'm talking about. Was correct. I think we went really positive this game. We started very well. We went straight at them, which I didn't expect. And then they scored, as John mentioned before, from first counter they had on us. It just went straight in. I couldn't believe my eyes that went in uh, That's right so away. typical, bro. That is <laughs> the most typical thing I've ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. literally, we were bombing them on for most of the, uh, most of the time, and then... The one chance they get, the one glimpse of a chance from, was it Sagal, I think, their uh, yeah, right winger, and then it went just straight in. I, but we did come back, and we'll probably get now onto other stuff, like the red card, but I think we played really well the first half. Yeah, mm-hmm. let, let, me, let me say maybe, I'll, I'm going to give this to Yasin to, to discuss first and, and get your thoughts first, but maybe we can get in then to the first talking point. And that is uh, Abdul Kerim being sent off. So he had he got the first yellow card in the 31st minute. 
And then he got a second yellow card in the 45th minute, right before the half ended. And the second yellow card was for a challenge that honestly debatable if it was even a foul to begin with, let alone a yellow card. So Yasin, what did you think about that? I mean, what am I supposed to think about that, right? It's it's a red card in the first half that's completely undeserved for a player that, you know, as fans, we, we're trying to get behind. You know, he, he's coming in to fill a big role, big shoes of Marcao, who, you know, left for 15 million. And he's already getting criticism from week one. Yes, he made some mistakes, but a lot of fans were really starting to warm up to him. Yes, he, he's playing that ball forward. You know, he's he's composed. He's actually not a bad partner for Nelson. And all of a sudden, this guy's getting a red card in the first half, for, right in front of the ref too, right? He goes out for a challenge and he does a great job as a defender. That's what you want to see. You want to see him get big. You want to see him get over the, of the offense, the striker, and win that ball. And that's exactly what he did right in front of the ref. And then the, the striker absolutely sold it. He holds his face. I mean, while well, he didn't even get touched in the face. His face, you know, is, is should be completely fine. He goes on the ground, and the ref looks, and then he pulls out his second Without yellow even red thinking. card. Yeah. Without I mean, even thinking it. The moment Abdul Kerim got his first yellow card, I was like, okay, he's getting the red for sure. Yeah. For sure. Because, like, nah, never mind. I, I was, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to talk about it. I'm so not going to I, I said I wouldn't. I, I said I wouldn't. So. Summit, the reason why you thought that, and now it was not just you, all of us had this stuff going through our mind. And the reason for that is because the ref didn't have control of that game from very early on. It was before that red card. It was before the yellow card. It was very early on that we started seeing that the ref didn't have control of that game. We had control of that game. We did, right? We, we were going forward. Gaziantep looked like they looked lost. You know, they couldn't get the ball. They couldn't create an attack. And we're coming, we're coming, we're coming. We're stronger, we're faster, we're smarter than they are on the pitch. And the ref is just letting all these fouls go. Gaziantep is going into challenges with their studs up, recklessly, you know, late to the ball, and they're not getting yellows for it. And we're the ones that are having to deal with this, right? And Abdul Kerim so, is a very physical guy. He's really on top of the strikers, like in their back, right there. And I know. Yeah, he, that's why I thought. What like, are you supposed easy to do? What are you supposed to do? This is a game that's a physical. There's gonna be some sort of like contact, you know. And when you go up, you have to raise your arms to gain a little bit of momentum going up. You, no one jumps with their arms to their side. Who does that? Nobody. And you're gonna give a yellow for that, and you're right in front. Like, come on. It means that Abdul Kerim will not play our next game against Kasim Pasha, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Pretty much. So we'll probably see Emin Bayram there as we saw him being subbed in for Abdul Kerim, which he was very, yeah. very confident and, and good, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and then maybe um, the next, uh, or I guess second talking point that we have is uh, Gomis scored in the 36th minute. Mm -hmm. um, it, it came from Yunus, who was doing some work um, sort of inside a little bit on the right side. And um, I think, I don't know if it took a, I think it took a deflection and the ball sort of just bounced there and, and Gomez was in the right position and he was able to head it in. Oh, um, I love Yunus, man. <laughs> he's like, yeah, um, like a magnet. Whenever he gets the ball, he's the opposite of Kerem. The, the amount of times Kerem loses the ball, that's the amount of time how, how he just sticks the ball on his feet like a magnet. 
and he never loses it. Just had an amazing game as well, if you ask me. And also after after we did score the goal, I felt like Yunus also changed a bit. He was more turned on. He looked more tenacious, <laughs> more um, just better, right? As a player, bro, we were all fine. turned on after yeah, that, bro. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> Ah, oh, Seferovic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one thing about Yunus, I'll say, is he just needs to improve on his final touches. There was this one position where he put a through ball through like four people, Gazantev's people, towards Sasha Bowie in the first half. If he would have just adjusted the speed, Sasha was through, and he had like Gomez and I think Kerem in the box just waiting, and Mertens would have been an easy goal. That's one of my biggest complaints with goals that I, yes, we scored a goal, two goals. But they were kind of like, you know, it wasn't an organizational attack. But what I've seen from this yes. team is that we're getting into the box to force those positions. Mm-hmm. And with a little bit of time, I feel like this team's going to mesh, finally make those last minute, last second passes correctly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we're well, going to get a lot better. You, you can see as well, like just from individual players, how they're settling into the team and settling in, you know, with their teammates and stuff. And yeah. I think the best example of that is probably Oliveira, because I, I think <laughs> Oliveira today was one of the best players on the pitch. Like, obviously, we're going to talk about it and everyone's going to agree the best player today was Sasha Bowie. Like, there's no doubt about that. But putting that aside for a second, Sergio Oliveira was probably one of maybe second or third best. He was really good. It was his best game in our shirt so far. It's only a matter of time until he scores those yep. those free kicks, man. Our free exactly. kicks are finally started really taking shots. Dangerous. Yeah. From outside yes, the box. Right. Yeah, yes, he's he's fully showed his quality now. Like he was keeping possession, he was creating, he had a couple nice through balls. I remember one really nice one to Kedem on the left side. He's shooting from outside the box. Every time he shoots, it's dangerous. Like the key, he forces the keeper to make a save or it hits the post. We already know he's amazing from free kicks. He hit the crossbar from like 35 yards out in the second half. So he's settling in, which is amazing. And I, I think the midfield trio is showing their quality now, man. Torreira, Mertens, well, like everything. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. everything's, everything's switching on now. So that, yeah. that's just incredible to see. You also and, see... Go, go ahead, Summit. No, I was just going to say that like... Oliveira is cursed, completely cursed with the curse of the Alton top. You know, yeah. like you've seen the news, Tefefe, there's been bullet holes in the windows. Someone tried to shoot like right above Hamid Alton top. It's to break the curse. Everyone is seeing what's happening with Oliveira. And to break the curse, they wanted to get rid of Alton top. Luckily, he's, he's okay. He's doing all right. And we're finding alternative ways to break this curse with Oliveira. So sooner or later, he will score those and not hit the poles anymore. What do you call them? Post. <laughs> Post. Post. Crossbar. <laughs> Post. Whatever. <laughs> North Pole, South Pole. Let's talk about a strip club here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you're the one that's turned on, right? So. Ooh. As I was saying. Paul, 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 what, what is this? Go ahead, Emre. Along with Oliveira, we're seeing, I don't know, I really like the co- a connection between Bowie and Eunice today. It seems like they're meshing much better. Sen de ama dansırsın ya Emre. Oliveira'yı beğenmiyordun daha geçen hafta. 
but but opinions can change. That's football, right? He's he, I said he's, he's not, coming said, into his skin now, bro. I did say I I'm not. I expected more from him. Is that my fault for wanting more from a guy we signed for four years on a two point what seven five million a year contract? Yeah, I'm gonna expect more. You would expect more. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you expect more from Kedam. We know what Kedam's level is. Yeah, I know. Well, I I always said Kedam is like he, he he's good, but he's like we all agreed. He's he's a straight up Yasin Ustikin for me. We we all agreed, Get right? Un- unanimously, we all agree unanimously here that Yunus has a higher skill ceiling mm-hmm. than Kedam, right? No yet, one's denying yet that. Yet you were the guys when we rated everyone didn't want. Me, we rated based on Galatasaray. On we, we rated we not, based we, on Galatasaray. Can we not talk about that rating, that episode? <laughs> that I, 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 I feel like a we lot need to go of us back, back and, at, uh, yeah. We might need to redo all that again. Yeah. Uh, that was that to, was more to, or less more or less <laughs> fraudulent, bro. Like <laughs> to, to our listeners, for those who disagreed with that, we understand you. We disagree with ourselves probably for the most part. There was a lot of pressure. That, it, was, it was the first time we had six guys trying to agree on one rating for every player. And then you had guys like Summit who would hype up certain players. And then you had other players, that other f- guys that didn't like it. And they were trying to find a happy medium. the Dutch players. I remember. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, we but, crushed uh, Salih's opinions well, there. we'll definitely try and make that up in a different episode peer pressure um, yeah so any points from the first half uh, John more on that Um, that that pretty much brings us to to halftime where it was 1-1 and obviously like we just said we're going into the second half now with 10 men so yeah one uh, thing before we go like mm -hmm. what I want there's a very good point that Emre did like up until this point we didn't really score from a very organizational football point of view. It was really forced on goal where the ball bounced to Gomez and then he headed it in. Aside from that, yeah, sure, we were in their box a lot, but really clear-cut chances we didn't really have. What I wanted to mention as well before going Also, also speaks volumes that most of our shots came from outside of the box and not inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was for the first and second half as well. We had more, yeah, we had like, I think, uh, if I read the sets correctly, like four inside of the box in the first half, but five outside. And yeah. second half, it was five inside, six outside. Just wanted to mention that, that we were just taking our chances, which is understandable with 10 men. But go ahead, John. Yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly. And, and that brings us to the start of the second half where we were beginning with 10 men, like you just mentioned. And of course, that calls for some change. So Karam was sacrificed i guess you can say he was taken off and emin bayram was put in and then it looked like we were sort of defending in like a 4-4-1 and that that that's when we we didn't have the ball keep in mind uh i think one of the biggest talking points of the second half is even though we were down to 10 men we were still very much in control of the match mm-hmm. and we we looked like we were going to score from you know 45th to 90th it, it, it looked yeah. like it was just a matter of time before we scored so that was amazing to see I I honestly didn't expect that I thought we were going to be dominated quite a bit but we were able to sort of pull it together and then it brings us to the 73rd minute and we said wow the chance finally came it's here penalty finally a call in our in our way you know in our favor and it was Mertens who won the penalty Gomis took the penalty and he missed. 
And I think, I don't know what you guys think about the penalty, first of all, but after that, my morale just went down. I said, oh my Bruh, God, we're going to drop I, points, aren't when we? When I saw Gomis taking the penalty, I, I think everyone thought it. I think everyone thought it because we had a season where we lost three points because of him missing a penalty before. And we know, like, I don't know. It's like... <laughs> I, I didn't believe in it, and 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 it <laughs> happens. <laughs> we we didn't we didn't get the get the pen. We didn't. I'm score never it. confident when Gomez steps up. I'm never confident. It would have been better if Sergio took it, honestly, or Mertens. Mm-hmm. Give it to Mertens. But I think it's like agreed already. Strikers takes a pen. That's what Ocon says because it, nobody complained. Nobody said, "Por favor, s'il vous plaît, I like to take the ball." Everyone said, "Yeah, Gomez," and he took it. And didn't score. Yeah, like I, I'd be interested to know what Sergio's history is with penalties, but he's just so good, man, from dead ball. Like he's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I would trust him a lot to take a penalty. And even in this case, like Emre said, Mertens won it. So, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, I kind of expected for, for him to take it and for him to open his, his goal account for the season. But uh, <laughs> go miss, man. If, if for me, like even though... I w- I, in my own opinion, I wanted someone else to take. I think it's good that it's very clear who takes the free kicks, who takes uh, the penalties. Like, it mm-hmm. should be fixed. Like, I don't want the players go in there and discuss who's going to take it. It should be known already, like a, a, a straight up default sure. who's taking what. Like, yeah. when you coach your kids, do you have that? John? Yes, of, of course, of course. Like, there's there's corner takers for both the left and right side. There's free kick takers for close range, further range. There, we have penalty takers. Like, of course, everything, you know, the and players know the their roles. Sometimes, like, no, I'm going to take the penalty. You're going to no, take no, no, no. The players know what their roles are. Exactly. And that sometimes that happens, you know, if, if you're winning a game that's like, you know, three, four, nothing, and you've, you've essentially won the match, then that might happen. But in a case like this where you need a goal, like you mm. need to score this. Everyone knows their role. There, there, there's no, you know, discussion to be had. Whoever the penalty taker is, they take it. So, and based do you value. On, and sorry, based, I was gonna say. Yeah, go, go, ahead, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you value more of composure or finishing than the person um, that takes your penalty? I value composure because I know that any player at this level can score from the penalty spot. Like I, I know you can, but. When it, when you when it become like when you get to this level and the pressure is that high, it just becomes uh, a mind game. You know, are you able to compose yourself and finish? You know, that mm-hmm. that's what that's what I value the most. And not to say that Gomez looked like he wasn't composed, but I just I don't trust him that much. He, you know, like I, I I remember him missing so many penalties, and every I time we like- get one, it's like you know what's gonna mm-hmm. happen. I feel like he he doesn't read the goalkeepers well, like where mm-hmm. they're gonna jump, and and that's mm-hmm. his biggest like error. Yeah, no, exactly. Makes. That's that's why I say it's a mind game. It just becomes mm-hmm. a mind game. Like, yeah. of course, if you play at this level, of course you can score from the penalty spot. Everyone has like the ability to do that. It's just a mind mm-hmm. game, right? And what I wanted to ask, John, like uh, you said, even your kids have like fixed roles. Based on the roles, the kids also practice, right? Like when you know he's the penalty taker, he practices the penalties, right? Yes. And sometimes at the end of training as well, we do penalties. Like we'll, we'll practice penalties. Good for yeah. the keeper and uh, the players as well. Because 
one, you never know when you're going to be in that situation when you're in a penalty shootout. And yeah, it's just it's just good practice. Same with the free kick takers. After the session, if they want to stay to practice free kicks, then mm-hmm. that's what you do, right? Yeah. That was uh, such a shit penalty that he took, though. <laughs> like, what the hell? Yeah. And we had, like, before this penalty, we had a few positions as well. Especially the position where Keram was stepped on and the penalty wasn't given there. No VAR. Did you think that was a penalty, Jasin? And Sally, maybe for this one? The, the Kerem position, that was a penalty. He got stepped on, right? When you look at the replay, even if it's light, his foot is stepped on. Well, what so, do you think the ref thought there? I mean, the ref specifically, he was the, one right that's there. On the, f- the one on the field, it's possible he didn't see it. It's possible that he thought both feet were next to each other and there was actually no contact, which is honestly what I thought at first sight. I, I thought yeah, it looked like a penalty. Oh, my God. <laughs> I... I was I was not convinced. It wasn't that obvious to me. So I waited for the replay. And even in the replay, it was not that obvious. Like, it was hard to tell. It wasn't until I saw a replay on Twitter where it was more zoomed in, mm. where you can actually see his foot being stepped on. Even if it's light, it's being stepped on. And that's, at that point, I don't think that's on the ref as much as it is on the uh, VAR team. VAR is supposed to see that. VAR is supposed to zoom in on that. That's their... That's the, job to look mm-hmm. at that position that the ref doesn't see as clearly yeah. and signal to the ref hey hold up don't blow your whistle to get the game started let's just take a look at this again and possibly call you for you to take a double look at it mm-hmm. in that position the ref not at fault in Barduck's position ref at fault because the ref is right there yeah. and he should be seeing that so that's a clear distinction between the two but i did think that was a penalty yeah sally you watched it on the dutch tv what did the dutch commentators say about that position Yes, <laughs> for all the listeners, I do watch on Dutch commentary whenever it's possible, <laughs> as it's more sensible to me. He adds more value in his commentating. Uh, from what I remember, and also like Yasin said, when I initially saw it, didn't really look like a penalty because, again, in real time, it doesn't really. It looks m- more like he scuffs over his foot rather than actually like stomping on it, so to say. But in slow mo. Like, I have it right here if I double-check it one more time, just to be 100% sure. Look, he does step on it. It's still a light step, but it's a step nonetheless. So this, if VAR has checked it, or they did, but somehow, you know, didn't notify the ref, this should have been a pen. Mm-hmm. Um, the one we didn't Mertens, have any VAR checks so far, right? Apparently... I don't think so. I, I haven't nope. seen it, but apparently for the offside one... From Seferovic, there was apparently one. I don't know if I missed it because a friend mm-hmm. mentioned it. I didn't see it. But but, but a, a decision where the ref actually had to go over and look at the mo- no, like the field no, side yeah, monitor. We, we haven't happened. had that. Yeah, no, yeah, that we that haven't. They're had putting that, that on our field for no reason. The VAR system, they don't even bring it next game. <laughs> <laughs> but on the positions though, because I do want to say just a note in general after coming. After starting the second half, I do have to say I'm really proud of the team for how they went out. I was expecting us to play a lot more defensively or uh, more cautious or perhaps even get a bit run over because in the end, it's still 10 v 11. And we obviously have a disadvantage with how the ref kind of handled us in the first half. But I'm really proud. I, I, I wouldn't say I expected a win, but it was more likely for us to win than them to win, if that makes sense. Because Antep looked like they... I don't know if they gave up or maybe they were just happy with a draw because they do play away. But we we definitely had the upper hand. And, well, 
as we can see, we found we did win the game. So I, I assume you guys had the same. I, I, I yeah, felt yeah, really like, proud. Like 10, 10 men. The mm. thing is with what you just said, Saudi, is that like, okay, yes, we're playing Gaziantep, but this is like, they haven't lost yet. They tied the first match and then won the next three and they scored nine goals, you know, before today. They clapped Nuri. So it's like, I, I, <laughs> I, I really thought that, you know, going down 10 men, I thought that was a death wish against these guys because clearly they've been putting the ball in the net, right? So I thought we were going to be, you know, I thought our backs were really going to be up against the wall and they were going to put some pressure, but we just, we controlled it, man. We controlled the match. Yeah, and pro props to Amin Bayram as well for coming in. I mean, he's, how old was he again? 19, 18? I always forget, but I know he's below 20. Even though Antep did attack us, right? They did get into a box from time to time. They did keep, they defended well enough for Muslera not to actually make really that many saves. Just a stat yeah. here on the side. He has... Muslera made two saves in total, one of which was from inside the box. That should tell a lot about our defensive composure and how we handled the game, even though we're like, again, one man behind. Uh, one man at down, I should say. Mm -hmm. So, maybe really with Maybe with that point, maybe we can talk about what we've all been waiting to talk about, and that is our 150 million euro right back, Sasha Boy. Somebody else take this. I, <laughs> when I don't you see know. that happening. Your mouth should be salivating, like eyes fully open, drooling, drooling, absolutely. Dro I I don't know what to say about this. So we should leave else this to Summit. I mean, go I ahead, love bro. Sasha, but Summit go has ahead, been bro. praising along. Go ahead, me and Summit. Go ahead, Summit. Ah, oh, that Summit. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Nah, I mean, he's my boy. He's such a boy. I've been saying this since he came on his first game. He, his athleticism, like the way he runs like a Ronaldo on that field, on that green field. He didn't even practice with us. He didn't even do the preseason with us. And he pulls off this shit. He is amazing, bro. I hope he'll stay for not only this season, but also next season. Because like you said, John, 150 million euros, baby. He is like such an athlete. He can do everything we desire for a right back. So I'm questioning if we even need Leo Dubois. And uh, yeah. yeah, no, he's been he's been he's been basically fucking up the whole right right field, man. <laughs> yeah, that's that's honestly the best way to say it. Like he's been fucking up everything and anyone in his way on the yeah. right hand side. It's just like. He, he does it all, man. He does it all. He takes players on, beats them. He wins the ball. 50-50 challenges, he wins. He crosses the ball in. Like he takes players on deep on the right side so he can beat them and like come into the box. Cuts um, in, cuts deep. Everything. Goes wide. He has it all. Everything. And he runs everything. back and forth. He oh, seems yeah. to have like unlimited stamina. This guy was running to the very last second. Like how Bro, do you have that much stamina? Yeah. Sasha Bowie was willing to die for three points today. Literally, yeah. he was willing to die on the pitch for three points. And like, that, yeah, we, we won. We won because of that. Like the last Good goal thing was you say his that, doing. Because I want to make a point. Because I don't remember a goal, said I, that has ever went down by one goal and came back to win a game with, with the ref being, with 10 men and ref being this bad. I yeah, remember, like, true. every time we went down, we've either tied or lost points. I don't remember uh -huh. us coming back this convincingly and winning. So, 
whatever is going on in that locker room, you got to give kudos to Ocon to not letting these guys lose their, you know, their like their momentum, their their willingness to win this game, you know, their desire. You you could see that this team is becoming a team. The chemistry is starting to form. And that really made me happy. Mm-hmm. I know the final output in the football is not there, but the team aspect is there. It's it's just forming, mm-hmm. right? As strange as it may sound, even if it ended 1-1, I still would have uh, held up my uh, head up high as, like, just yeah. like you mentioned before, 10, 10, 10 men against an inform Antep, and we didn't give... And the ref. And the ref as well. We didn't give a single ball away. Like, it, it gives you just, like, a lot of hope for the next upcoming matches, for, like, also some other difficult ties that we'll face. And on Bowie itself, I think what, what we did well this game is how we just implemented our back line a bit more. Uh, we used Van Ahenholt more as like a, almost like a third center back slash defensive midfielder more. He didn't bomb up all the time, so that flank wasn't exposed. And by doing that, Nelson could go a bit more wide to the right, which again covered his position, which allowed Bowie to just keep bombing on forward and use his skill in the opposition half. And we saw it perfectly today, and I was really impressed by him, like we all did, but... It was really good. Again, just like Emre mentioned before, just the final tidbits that we do wrong. But that's normal, right? That That's football. Not everything can go like perfectly for us. But besides that, he was man of the match, hands down. He, he was really good going forward. Yeah. I also wanted to note that, I don't know if you guys caught this, but you know, Optukerim, PVA is pretty bad when it comes to crossing. Because I remember... Optukerim going to the left flank. There's this one position and putting it across perfectly inside. I think it was Oliveira. What a and ball, he, man! What a and and that's the cross that we're waiting from Van Anholt, <laughs> and we're not getting it. So yeah. I guess Okan Budik learned his lesson. He's like, all right, I'm just gonna keep you back. And we saw Mertens and Yunus like cascade into that left flank more, and so we got a lot of pressure there too. So I don't know. We're we're, we're doing something. I like this. I, I'm happy with what I saw today. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and one thing I, re- I, rem- I just remembered as well, in the first half, Sasha Boy's such a madman. He's such a little freak that he absolutely smashed the post from outside the box on oh, his yeah. left foot. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I literally stood up. It looked like it was flying in. But uh, yeah, we haven't heard Yasin and his thoughts on Sasha Boy. So I mean, hit us with it. What more is there to say? The guy is just amazing. I, I liked him. I've always liked him. But there were questions about his consistency. There was some drama going on. But all that's kind of in the past. And he's shown me every single game something new. Something that impresses me more from the last time that I saw him. Whether it's going to be small bits like his left foot today. And that shot that you just mentioned against the post. Or if it's his ability to beat two defenders at the same time along the right side and make his way in as like another midfielder, as like a winger, right? I, I I think I mentioned before, I don't know if it was on the podcast or on a separate note with you guys, but I joked around saying he can play right wing. If we really need to play Dubois on the right back position and if he really wants to play and if he's really good in practice, shit, throw Sacha on the right wing sometimes. Like I, I was joking, but like... Man, he actually maybe could play that position sometimes if we need him to. And if we have that far in the spot open, he can do an excellent job. He he got in the box. He made that pass. He knows how to shoot. But something that I want to touch on again, which I've done in the past, is his intelligence and his IQ mm-hmm. to be able to read the position that he's in. There was, I think, one position. Uh, I think it was in the first half or maybe it was in the second half after we already had a red card. 
But Gaziantep was coming pretty quick. You know, a couple mm-hmm. times we we were really attacking them in their half. We did a great job on that. And they were about to come really quickly and they got past Sacha. It was just a, it was not because Sacha was slow or he didn't he didn't have enough strength or anything like that. It's just the actual positioning of the Gaziantep player was just more favorable to Sacha towards goal. And a lot of players, I'm telling you, I watched we we've been watching the Super League for a while. What they would do is they would probably pull the guy with their arm. They would try and tackle the ball, tackle the player, and receive a yellow card in that role, in that position. And Sasha didn't do that. And he's done this many times already in the last four or five games. There's positions where he could easily, if he's just stupid for a moment, if he loses focus for a moment, he can easily get a yellow card. He could easily potentially mm-hmm. injure the other player from behind. But he recognizes that he can't get that ball. He recognizes that he has teammates that can get the ball and that we're okay. And he lets it go. He doesn't just give up, though. He keeps running to get back into a position where he can do something. And to me, to see that in a 21-year-old player, you know, I think that's amazing. You don't see that in a lot of young players. You don't even see that in a lot of experienced players in their prime, 26, 27, 28 years old. You don't even see that then. So to see his strength, his ability, and his IQ on the field, oh, man, it's it's something amazing. And you know, Nazar Demis and like knock on wood, I, I hope he continues to build like this. I don't want to throw 150 million. Maybe that might be too cheap for the way that he's going. I don't know, man. He's he's something amazing. I hope he Bro, keeps it up. At the age of 21, listen, if anyone wants to sign Sasha Boy, you better come knocking on our door with the checkbook open and ready to go, bro. Like I'm just going to say, I'm just going to say that. To so. think this kid was going to be left out of the squad. Yeah, it's crazy. given away for free. And so today, hurts, apparently, yeah. Okan Buduk said Sasha Bowie was called up. And he said that Sasha apologized. And then his manager said, we'd like to start, you know, fresh. Mm-hmm. And then now he's playing. So it's very, f- yeah. I, I, I'm sad for Dubois. But thank God he did get that minor injury because we would have not seen Sasha back on this team. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I was yeah, I was just real, gonna bro. say I was just gonna mention like I don't I don't see any way where Leo Dubois can start a match. I I don't I don't see how that's that's possible. So left back at best. I I, I guess I guess I mean the money and our, and the uh, the resources we put into signing Dubois. I, I wish we just got a left back. And I wish we just used Sasha and Omar. Yeah, because inside, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know who's gonna replace Sasha Boy. You know, 150 million on the match, on the match though. <laughs> just to get back, what did we think of yeah. the other pinball goal, the own goal <laughs> that happened at the end? That's that's our that's winner, right? That's our winner. Seferovic Listen. again. Nothing, unfortunately, <laughs> on the score sheet, but ah, oh, Seferovic. <laughs> Sometimes you have to create your own luck, right? And that's what we did. I think I've already mentioned it before. We were forcing these errors and these mistakes from mm-hmm. Gaziantep because we are attacking. And give me a fucking break. We deserve that little bit of luck. How many times have we hit the post, the crossbar? Yeah. How many times did we get fucked by the ref that game? How many times did we our passes, they were like maybe half a meter off. And if they were on, we would have been in a much better position to score it. We're getting there. We're slowly but surely we're getting there, and we deserved every f- point that we received today and more. Yeah. And I, and I just want to add before I forget it, we talked about you know, I think I want to look at this game a little bit holistically before we wrap up too. You know, I'm I'm so proud of how we're playing, and to some extent, it's not surprising. We we already talked about this many times before. 
this team is showing that discipline. Our passes are a little bit off. The chemistry is a little bit off. But once they start to play together more often, that's all going to start to click. Our defense already is unquestionable. We let up how many goals in five games, you know? And one of them was a gift from Abdul Kerim, but he's been playing great otherwise. But we're, we're disciplined. The team atmosphere, the vibe is amazing. Everybody's looking out for each other. People are going up to the ref and trying to stop yellow cards and red cards from being given to our players. Everybody's sticking up for one another. And that's what you need in a long championship race. You need to make sure that the team and the vibe is there. And I see that. You don't see a lot of action from Okan Buruk on the sideline that you might see from Fati Terim. And, you know, that, that might look good on the camera. That might look good from, you know, a Twitter, social media perspective. It would be cool if you saw Okan Buruk run on the pitch or get in front of the ref's face. We don't see that, but you see it in the players. You see through the players that I Okan don't know. I've seen Okan is Okan doing Buruk something right. pissed on the sidelines, getting you, out of you his square and stuff. That's true, but it's nowhere near the levels that we've seen. Uh, Fati yeah, Tatum is different, bro. <laughs> He's yeah. built but, uh, differently, man. I, I just think like <laughs> the way that we reacted to the red card, the way that we reacted to them scoring. How many times last season did the other team score first and our team just looked defeated? Like it was game over, done. Like there's no way to come back. This time they scored and in my mind, I'm like, this team? This team is not going to let that affect them. And they did mm -hmm. it. We mm -hmm. came right back. Red card, we came right back. We continued to attack. We didn't sit back, whether it's well Okan Buruk or whether it's a team. We didn't sit back and say, hey, this game is gone. Let's try and keep this a tie. No, we kept fucking going and going and going. And I'm glad, in hindsight, we didn't score that penalty. I'm so fucking glad we didn't score that penalty. And we scored an actual goal to say, hey, we don't need your penalties exactly, please give it to bro. us correctly in the future if we deserve it don't fuck us, but hey we can score without <laughs> yeah. penalties too and bro That's like the the most beautiful part about everything you just said is like we have these players like mertens sergio Oliveira, torera and bro like they're so invested in this <laughs> i'm so they're surprised so. with mertens defensive addition uh, bro, bro like i i honestly like i knew mertens was a good player but he's so invested in this like he wants he, he's here to win like these guys like Torreira, like I can, you can see how much this means to them and how much they're putting into this. And the only thing I can hope is that we bring in Mauro Icardi and the same thing happens to him. And all of yes. that stuff rubs, uh, rubs off on Icardi. Mm -hmm. And if that Okan happens, said if that happens, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Summit. Yeah. Yeah, Okan Buruk said post-match, we want to complete Mauro Icardi and Khan Ihan deals as soon as we can. That's mm -hmm. kind of official. I'm sad about the Khan Ihan rumor. Yeah, same. I don't it's, like him. It's so stupid. We got Emin right there doing amazing. I don't want Khan at all. Icardi, I'm all right with since PSG is going to pay his salary. So looking at how Seferovic is lately, I think uh, another strike wouldn't do bad for us. He might, you know, change his mind about the whole, uh, what's his face? Khan Ihan. Okan Buruk changes thoughts very frequently. Like, you see it happen with the right-back situation. Mm, dancers, do you know? No. And I'm glad we wanted Tinker. it. Otherwise, we were going to hear so much from Summit and his mouth today. I'm so I'm probably the most <laughs> relieved person here <laughs> that we've won today. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm... <laughs> yeah, yeah, pass it to you. Speechless. <laughs> Speechless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got this. Thomas not a winner, man. Got him. 
Yeah, I mean, really not much to add, boys. We we have the quality players. It's when we brought Sergio, we knew that we we saw his experience. When we brought Mertens, we saw that. When we brought the boy, we still have yet to see him play properly, but we know he has that experience. We know he has that ability. It's just a matter of time that these start to click together, and they are starting to already. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's great that we were able to get these kind of Gomez was able to pull rabbit out of the hat the first few games. You need that sometimes. Yeah, that that's huge. You know, it, it just keeps the morale intact. And uh, coming into this game, I predicted three one. A lot of us predicted wins, and that's that's not because we're just being optimistic. That's because we've seen games so far where we're getting better each game. And today at home, I'm 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 just glad that the fans were able to see a nice win like that. Yeah, we can maybe sum up the game if you don't have any other points. Well, I was gonna suggest maybe now, um, if you guys want to give. Uh, predictions about next week's match against Kasim Pasha. Before we do, let me just... Yo, Didier, come here. What did you think of the game today? Right? <laughs> <laughs> ah, it was it was good. Uh, <laughs> a lot of emotions and uh, a tough game, but uh, with good players and good people. So, you know, always good. All right. All right. All right thanks, bro. <laughs> yeah, so that was uh, DJ Drogba. He, he was cooking something up for me. Yeah, oh, if um, he's in good form, come play for us. We're yeah, for nah, he, he's done. He's doing like Netflix stuff with Terem, he says. <laughs> but uh, yeah, predictions, John. <laughs> predictions, yeah. So we are away next match against Kasim Pasha, who actually just surprisingly pulled off a victory against um, Antalya. So... That was surprising. They got a new they coach. Nuri falling apart. Oh, Kasim Pasha got a new coach. Yeah, their previous coach that, you know, played abysmal football against yeah. Bashak Shade and Fenerbahce. Yeah, and then he yeah. got sacked after three games, right? <laughs> or two, maybe even. Yeah, I don't well, know. they looked, I guess, decent against Antalya, but that's another story. Antalya looked really bad. But anyways, we're playing away to Kasim Pasha, and I guess I'll give the first prediction. I'll go ahead and say, I think we'll win 2 nothing. 2-0. 2-0. Alright, I'm going to go here. Go as the second person. Uh, I'm going to say we win 2. And I'm going to say a 1-0 win away. 1-0? That's it? Just one goal, bro? Bro, I touch Kara. He's going he's gonna to hold all the <laughs> oh tags back. Oh my god, The rage, bro. you know, he has for never being used. I think it's just going to be <laughs> a 1-0. The only thing you'll hear about I touch Kara after that game is Fanabachi and Mishitaj fans crying because I touch was terrible against us. But little did they know, he's actually just not a good player, and that's how he's always been. <laughs> but um, I'll, I'll take it from there. I'm going to predict, I'll say 3-1 again, just because, you know, they, they got a little bit of momentum going. They might find another bullshit goal like Azantip did today out of nowhere. But I, I predict uh, easy dub. We got the moral as well. And it's in Istanbul, don't forget. So we're not traveling, and we really shouldn't be tired. There's no Europa League games in midweek. So I think we should be good to get another dub next week. Samet Baba, go ahead. Um, we're gelling. Bowie is doing absolutely insane. Three, one against Kasim Pasha. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna give my prediction because today, Bruh. today, Bruh. no. Hear me out. Hear me out. He didn't give it today. We won. And he doesn't want to give it again. Exactly. <laughs> I think I'm gonna oh keep God. this going. Sala <laughs> asked me like three times. I didn't say anything. Yeah. Okay, every time that's we good say thinking, we, bro. Totem, so I'm huh? just gonna totem. I'm doing a totem, guys. Okay, 
All okay. I hope is just I want to see the same performance from Oliveira and Bowie. These two are really winning me over. Okay, they're fucked next game now. <laughs> you know what? Forget about it. <laughs> All right, man. Who's Yasin? I gave mine. Okay, okay, so we're pretty one. Right? Damet is sleeping. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs to go to bed. It, 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 it is late. I'll give him that. He's not wearing a shirt because he's got a bunch Andrew of sunburns, Tate. I bet. Nah, I'm, I'm good. I don't get sunburns. I get like brown immediately. <laughs> he's thinking about <laughs> all the like potential like clipping spray. that he can do. Yeah. Anyway, um, with that said, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. You can support us on patreon.com slash thelionsdengs or just give us a follow, interact with us on Twitter at thelionsdengs. So with that said, I wish you all a very good day and a very good week. We've won. We're feeling good. Gonna make your week, my week, John's week, Sali's week, Emre's week, Yasin I'm not so sure about. But uh, <laughs> have a good day, y'all. Take Bye. care, everybody. Bye. Take Peace. care, everybody.